Welcome to the Gospel According To podcast, the first and only podcast looking at the intersection of pop culture and the Christian faith. I am Dan Ulrich, joined as always by my co-host. You may know him as the one who shaved his feet on a missions trip, Dave Hallahan. That is very true. I sh- <clears throat> and you know, I don't... Uh... Hair doesn't really grow on my feet anymore, so it was it, it was a, it was a one and done. <laughs> that was the same trip that I wore a skirt in an international airport. So that you claim to be a kilt just because it had a plaid uh, pattern on it. I mean, it, it was a kilt by definition, but what definition? It's the way that they button. That's the difference. And you know this? Yes. Because we've because 15 year old, you knew this. I'm not saying my logic is the same now as it was then, <laughs> but yeah, that that's true. In in Canada, I shaved my feet in Canada, and I wore a skirt and or kilt in Canada. What walk me through the thought process of why you shaved your feet? Honestly, the as my memory holds it now, it was because Aaron this girl who I was interested in for basically my entire childhood commented on my feet being hairy. And I don't know if like somehow I joked or we, uh, she might have been jokingly been like, have you ever thought about shaving your feet or something like that? And so then I was like, well, (laughs) here we go. (laughs) So all you teenage boys out there listening, it didn't work out for Dave. So don't change. It's true. I mean, I I would say it has worked out like my life has worked out. I am happily married to someone else uh, and my feet don't grow hair anymore, which I guess is a good thing. I don't actually know. Um, But yeah, it did not work out in the sense that that was not the thing that Aaron needed to also be interested in me. So completely unrelated. But now I'm thinking all about that Canada trip uh, where we were in Toronto. But also my first introduction to Dashboard Confessional. That was that was a good time. Uh, good stories that uh, one of the reasons why uh, uh, we're still friends now, we can have those stories and we have that shared experience. Yeah. That hopefully many of you out there have uh, friends, uh, ministry friends, youth group friends, and maybe even a few summer camp friends, Dave. Mm, yeah, summer camp. We This is the gospel according to summer camp. It's our summer camp episode. And uh, we both have a lot of summer camp experience under our belts. Uh, we didn't just grow closer together in other countries. We also grew closer together at camp. How old were you for your first like overnight summer camp experience? So I think the first time I went was like fifth grade summer, either before or after fifth grade. But it was definitely, I don't think I went the first year I could, which would have been the summer going, the year going into fourth grade. But I think it was the year after that. So it was junior camp. It was overnight uh, at the camp that both of us, most of our experience is with Delanco camp, which is in the Pinelands of New Jersey. And so, yeah, I went there as a little, um, scrawny little kid. Didn't know what to expect. remember looking at the pamphlet with my dad and him being like, you want to go? And there was like horses on it. And I'm like, I don't know, like horses. Like I had no idea, no frame of reference other than 
television shows as to what to expect at <laughs> summer camp. Yeah, yeah. This is gonna. We're talking about horses again, and uh, <laughs> th- this will be the second episode where horses play a major theme. You'll have to <laughs> wait and see, but they already know. The listeners know. Um, uh, yeah, I Delanco Camp also for me was my first overnight summer camp experience, and uh, I did go as soon as I could. I was. Um, well, you did your sister go to Delanco before you or no? No, she only she went once as like a counselor for like Wally's camp. But. Gotcha. Yeah, because I, I had two older brothers who had already been a part of Delanco camp. So, um, you know, as child number three, my parents probably were like, we need to get this kid out of the house. Um, and so I went summer into fourth grade. So I guess I was like 10. Um, and no doubt your your brothers had told stories so that you're like right I was, I was excited yeah i don't i don't remember being particularly nervous about it um my, my younger brother his first uh overnight summer camp experience he forgot his toothbrush and didn't tell anybody and so just didn't brush his teeth for an entire week <laughs> at camp and had something like eight to ten cavities like at his ne- next <laughs> dentist appointment um <laughs> Like easily just could have like gone to the nurse's station and gotten a toothbrush, but nope, not going to do that. No, uh, as a as a preteen, that's not something you want to <laughs> start telling everybody. No. no. So our like that summer camp, Delanco camp, uh, the fourth to sixth grade camp was a week long, but at that time they had a teen or not teen camp, um, camp meeting, which was kind of all ages, even like families could come out, and it was ten days long. It was like yes. bonus camp. Uh, did you you did that right? Yeah, absolutely. That was our youth pastor at the time was kind of like, it wasn't like a question as if you were going is like, this is what we do. Right. Like put on your calendar, pack your bag. Like for these 10 days, you're going to be at this camp. That's what everybody does in our youth group. And so there was like, we'd have like 30 to 50 kids from our, our youth group or surrounding that would be at that week. Like there'd be like over a hundred kids in general, but yeah, it was like, no, this is what we're doing. This is on our schedule. This is what we're doing. You're going to be there. Yeah, that camp was always awesome. And like parents would have to come out midweek uh, to like grab your dirty clothes and bring them back because what kid keeps enough clothes clean for 10 whole days? So that was exactly. that was always, that was always quite an experience. And we'll we'll get to some of our as we share some of our uh, listener feedback, uh, which we got plenty of. Uh, we'll have to share some of our specific, maybe specific stories and memories in a second. But as you said, when you went into camp, your like only frame of reference was what you had seen like on TV. And um, what is your favorite like summer camp themed movie or TV show? I was big, would watch like Nickelodeon after school. So salute your shorts was it. Mm-hmm. And so that was my like frame like I said, frame of reference was like summer camp is like you and three people in this like huge like cabin that you would stay there all week and you get into these hijinks and uh, uh, all, all of those things. And like looking back on it, it's like, I mean, the hijinks happened, but all the other stuff, it was like, you know, very TV commercialized yeah. as well. How about you? Um I salute your shorts is definitely one that that sticks out in my memory. Uh, get it right or pay the price. Um, but 
I think for my favorite, I'd have to go with heavyweights. That was a good one. And again, providing some unrealistic unrealistic <laughs> expectations for a camp experience as far as the activities and end of the the summer kind of like obstacle course. Yeah, we didn't we didn't have go-kart races, we didn't have a blob, but you got to take the good with the bad because we also didn't have like evil dictators who took over the camp for a week. Well, <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> we we asked uh, you people to send us some stories and uh, you flooded Dan's inbox uh, at youth group memes and uh, at TGAT podcast. So we got plenty of stories. Uh, so we're going to go, we're going to start with some craziest memories um, from camp. Dan, do you have any like particular memories that would qualify as crazy? Crazy is relative. And that, that was the thing. Like we got so many messages that uh, we obviously can't read them all. We probably got like a hundred different messages that I went through and different levels of what was crazy or, you know, your memories and, and so much of camp experience of being somewhere for a week is the, like you had to be there. Like right, the, right. the characters and people that you're with, the kind of callbacks to other things, the place and time, you know, if you were a younger junior high or high school, like things are going to be uh, different, funnier or things like that. So like the all out, like, you know, crazy spectrum uh, of things, <clears throat> a recent one that I guess would be crazy. So both Dave and I, uh, moved from being, you know, campers, then we were counselors, uh, helpers, game leaders, things to like that, that we moved up. And uh, for a few years together, we were program directors. We were like the deans of camp. We were in charge of the games and uh, that week of programming for it. And there was this one time, because we're out in the woods and we hear these like um, four wheelers, these like quads going through uh, mm. camp. And I'm like, shoot like like the kids are still out for the night game and stuff like this isn't safe like who knows like what they're coming in to try and do so i like run out there being in charge and uh this guy is coming through camp and i don't know if it was the adrenaline i don't know it was the lack of sleep throughout the week but i'm just like i'm gonna stand in front of this quad and like <laughs> as if i was gonna tackle this guy not really thinking through uh this process but I did not get run over by a four wheeler, um, but uh, thinking back on, it, I was like, "That was dumb." Like, what was I doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know that I have anything uh, that would qualify as like craziest story. Um, a lot of ha you had to be there type moments, uh, but we did get some good crazy memories uh, from people. Do, do you want to start? Shall I start? Uh, you can go. All right, this one, uh, <laughs> this is a good one. So this one is from Caitlin, and this story comes from when she was in seventh grade. She lost her voice the night before from screaming, shouting, singing, etc. You've been to camp, you get it. Wednesday morning, halfway through camp, they were allowed to call their parents, and her parents had requested that she would call them. Instead, she messaged them, which I guess means she had her cell phone, uh, mm -hmm. but she messaged them and said, I can't call, I lost my voice last night and went off to breakfast. Little did she know that her phone's autocorrect changed voice to, 
virginity and she didn't realize <laughs> so her parents called the camp facility all the leaders uh and her church freaking out saying how could this have happened uh they found her a good like 30 minutes later of i'm sure just high panic uh when she was leaving the mess hall and realized that she meant she lost her voice she ended her story by saying it's been five years she got her voice back but she's still waiting for marriage so good for you, Caitlin, and uh, what a story! Uh, Can you I imagine getting that text? As a parent? How's no. camp going? Uh, sorry, can't call. Lost my virginity last night. <laughs> yeah, like wild, wild. I don't know what what I would do if I got that text as a parent. That's crazy. Uh, so this one is from Noah. I like it mainly from because he's from Australia. So. In my head, it sounds good, but no, I'm not going to butcher the accent. He says, year six, first youth group camp, blazing hot outside, probably around 40 Celsius or 100 F uh, freedom units Fahrenheit, <laughs> uh, because this is Australia. So we decide we want to play wall ball, a game that involves running at a wall quickly. He says he doesn't know if you Yanks have it. I like it. Uh, we do. We've got walls here. Okay, <laughs> Noah. <laughs> Yeah, yanks. Because it's hot outside, they decide to play in the cabin, uh, cabin common room. The walls are thin and plaster. Kid runs at the wall, goes straight through, making a year six size hole in the wall, wily coyote style. The youth pastor tries to turn it into a biblical lesson, as all good youth pastors would. Mm-hmm. He asks, who is the one that went through the wall? No one is willing to admit it. Five years later, he's doing the course for baptism, and uh, the youth pastor asks him if he remembers that event, and of course he does. He tells him uh, half a decade later he had a bag of chocolates and lollies behind his back for whoever was willing to admit their fault. They missed out, I guess, on the candy. Nobody got the candy. No, that's right. Listen, guys, we have a huge hole in the wall here, but you also have a huge hole in your heart. Please open your Bibles with me. Right. <laughs> Show her something like that. Something like that. Did you ever have in school where the tier two would be like, all right, I'm going to turn the lights off and everyone's going to close their eyes and whoever took Billy's pencil <laughs> holder, just put it on my desk and no one's going to get in trouble. Yeah, I can remember moments like that. Did it ever work? No. No, of course not. <laughs> yeah, you just hear the, the chair next to you squeak out and hear these massive footsteps. <laughs> Yeah, or you could have got a lolly if you uh, I could have. I that let that be your lesson, guys. It, when you tell the truth, you get chocolate and lollies. That's mm-hmm. that's the. Uh, I got I got one from Lauren. She had a student refuse to shower shower in the shower house with the other boys. No problem. So we set up for him to be the first to shower of the night. He walks into the shower house, takes off his glasses, undresses, etc., reaches his hand into a stall to turn the shower on. He hears a weird hissing noise, but thinks it's probably just the pipes. So he climbs in with a raccoon. He showered with a raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, uh, the first time I read that, I had physical reactions to it. I uh, That, like, that freaks me out. Uh, I also am a glasses wearer. And so, and at our camp, at Delenco Camp, uh, there are showers in the dorms proper, but then there's like a separate bathhouse. And so occasionally I've had to shower over there. And because it's less uh, traveled, it also tends to be more inhabited with not 
I've never seen a raccoon in there, but with like spiders and such. Well, you didn't have your glasses on, so did you? <laughs> it's true. I so, but I'm always nervous. Like in there, I'm like, what can't I see? What is in here? And the lights in there don't always work either. But so, yeah, feel for that kid. I'm glad she doesn't tell us if he survived or not, but I assume he did. Uh, last one I have here from Isaiah, who promises that he will listen if we uh, put this in. Uh, so I'm not above bribes. How do we but, know? How does he know that the story's in? Should we shout really loud? Isaiah, this is your story. Turn it on. Turn on the radio. Uh, he says halfway through the week, we took the guys to the bathroom before service so they didn't miss part of it. Uh, while going to the bathroom, one of his campers was waiting in line for a stall when he decided he'd waited enough. He pulled down his pants and jumped into the urinal. It gets worse. The urinal had just been flushed, and he was trying to flush it again. We told him, I don't know where you learned that, but we don't do that here. Uh, I actually let him go into the bathroom alone later, and we found him in the bathroom sitting in a urinal. Thankfully, he had not pooped yet. I then told him <laughs> to use the ones with the doors. I was excited. I'd fixed the problem until he refused to close the door. The kid was super sweet. But someone needs to teach him the difference between a urinal and a toilet. I agree. Someone does need to teach him that. Yeah. The best way to teach him that would be to let him poop in one and then make him clean it up. And just stands there for hours, keeps flushing. <laughs> one of these days it's going to go down. <laughs> it's got to work. I think I think our friend Brian uh, pooped in a urinal before and got yelled at camp. No, I think this was at like a either a music or a sports venue that it was. You know, when you're little, you don't encounter. We don't have urinals at our houses. Right. So it was like, right. you know, if I pee here, then I must poop here too. Anything obviously. that's white and porcelain, it's like that's where the <laughs> business goes. That's my doll. Um, <clears throat> I did. I just thought of a, a crazy story that I was there for, uh, but it more involves my brother. Uh, he was asleep at camp and fell out of his bed and he hit his head on the other bunk. And so he like reached up and had like a little blood and he, so he wakes up his counselor, uh, Chuck, and he tells Chuck and Chuck's like, well, why don't you go clean it off in the bathroom? So Josh like cleans it off and he comes back and Chuck's like, do you just want to go back to bed? And Josh is like, yeah. So he goes back to bed and he wakes up to like this huge, bump on his head and scar that was like in the shape of the flux capacitor so like an upside down y on his head um and like fresh blood like on his head and pillow and like never did anything about it he saw the the nurse the next morning but uh i i remember my parents being quite upset and i could imagine now like something like that happening and that's like definitely a hospital visit or like parents are called that night or something yeah, and so I was there. We you wake up in the cabin. And there's like a, a drops and pools of blood on the floor, and it's like the half asleep counselor was just like, "Yeah, don't just wash it off. Go back to bed." <laughs> yeah, and it, like the the next morning with the blood, it was like a uh, a little bit like a crime scene, and we all were like playing detectives. I think of like the Seinfeld episode with yeah. the loogie. Like we're trying to figure out like at what angle did he fall off the bed? Where exactly did he hit his head? And blood yeah, was... splatters. I think he stepped here and slipped, and then this corner right here. Here, Josh, can you move your forehead over? We want to see where the scar is and see if that matches up with this piece of plywood on the corner of this. Yeah, yeah. The, by the by, the looks of this blood, I think he probably fell around three in the morning. Mm -hmm. 
Um, all right, we're moving on to the next category. We asked you for some some of your best camp nicknames, whether they were yours or just someone else at camp. Uh, and the first one we got from Kimber was Kimber. And that actually probably would be a better nickname than the one that she sent in, which was Nugget. Right. What do you think the story is behind that? Maybe she's one of those girls. We all know the girl that's like, that's the only thing they would eat. You know, like the piggy eaters. Like, I only eat chicken nuggets. Maybe she holds the record. Most nuggets eaten at lunch. Right. At camp. It was like, you know, 80 eight nuggets <laughs> I, like I like this one uh sent in by olivia um there was a girl uh and they misunderstood her name which was grace ann and they thought it she said spray tan and so <laughs> it stuck and grace ann was forever known as spray tan i i like that one too that's a good one that, that's a, like a good way to get a nickname you know and i could the misunderstood yeah and i could i could see that happening uh I'll share this one from Kylie because I also like these kind of nicknames. To be honest, they don't always make the best stories because it's a little convoluted, but I love it in real life. Um, So Kylie says, I don't know if it's the best, but I'd say it's unique. My name is Kylie and naturally, naturally, some of the people at camp called me Kylie Jenner when we'd play volleyball. At one point during game. Just when they play volleyball? Just just during volleyball. You know, Kylie Jenner, pro volleyball player. (laughs) (laughs) at one point during a game one of them was trying to get my attention by repeatedly saying jenner jenner but what i heard was cheddar i was then called cheddar for a year and a half afterwards by everyone that went to that camp i hardly ever heard my actual name at youth group for a while people even introduced me to new people as cheddar and i like that like three degrees of separation from her actual name um so Cheddar, thanks for sending in your story. Uh, I have one here from Friend of the Pod, uh, Jonathan Allen Wright. Check him out on, uh, he's got his uh, new music album out. Also, incredible uh, youth pastor and uh, meme maker. Uh, So for Best Camp Nickname, he says, One of our pastors was tall and super lanky kid. So everyone at his camp called him Chicken. So it just became his name. So I met him a few years ago, and he introduced himself as Chicken. Everyone at church calls him Pastor Chicken or Chicken, and he's in his 40s. I literally didn't know his name was Tommy until I'd known him for a year. And then he sent me a screenshot of a group chat from his church staff where he is in the phone as Chicken. (laughs) Good old Chicken. 40-year-old Chicken. Thanks, Pastor Chicken. Those are always my favorite where it's like you find out later. We, we had a, a mutual friend who was my best friend in, in high school and college uh, where everyone called him Mo. Like I called him Mo, like even like his parents when his friends were over called him Mo. And we'd get to places where it was like after same thing, like after a year, year and a half and somebody has a, a college class with him and the teacher calls him like, is Ryan there? And they're like flabbergasted that you find out that the name you had been calling somebody having your phone and stuff is like not their name. (laughs) Yeah. I think actually we have to have an episode just on nicknames because I think there's a gospel to nicknames, but we also have you and I, I think have a lot of friends who went by names that weren't their actual names. 
uh, I have one, my, the last one I'll read from Elena. And she says, my cousin's name is Ruben and he likes to eat random food he finds off the floor in the trash, etc. Well, the camp staff and I started calling him Roomba because of it. I like that. Not just does he, he doesn't just eat food on the floor or in the <laughs> trash. He, he likes to, <laughs> and he goes, he goes out searching like, Hey, here's your lunch. No, that's okay. I'm going to go check the floors and trash cans. I, prefer I don't know if you know, way. but they call me Roomba. So <laughs> it's kind of my thing. Did you, uh, have you ever had a nickname or a camp nickname for a week or something? Uh, I did have one uh, for one year at teen camp. The only year I went to teen camp. So maybe I didn't like this nickname so much, but as we were setting up our beds and stuff and I didn't, uh, yeah, we're setting up our beds and I don't remember whose jingle it was, um, but they, I can't sing, so I'm not going to sing on, on the podcast, but uh, they're like, I'm, I'm walking on sunshine. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it feel good to pay less like that? That was like the jingle. And I guess that was in my head. And I must have been like singing it like to myself or mumbling or whatever. And uh, this kid overheard me. And so then I was sunshine for the rest of the week. Sunshine. <laughs> yeah, I never had a, I never had a nickname. Um, and it was always like one of those things where it's like you want to have a nickname. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you can't, you, you realize the code is like, you can't give yourself a nickname. Right. Uh, so it's like always just wanting, uh, but I guess it, c- it can be like up in the air, whether it's a, a good nickname or not. I remember, I don't know if this was at junior camp or junior high camp. Uh, uh, the, the counselors, as some of the other stories have kind of hinted at, uh, boys, junior high boys, high school boys at camp do not want to take a shower for whatever reason. Like, Big facts. Like they want to wear the same clothes every single day, even though they have clean clothes. And even though that there is, you know, girls around and things like that, they don't want to shower. They're allergic to water for whatever reason. Uh, so our counselors for that week were like, you need to take a shower or, you know, or you can't just take a shower with your bathing suit on because then you get butt cheese. <laughs> so so that was the vernacular like you're you know you're not gonna get fully clean you're gonna have stuff growing in it and so there there is these two kids that didn't want to take a shower or whatever so they became the <laughs> butt cheese brothers uh, <sighs> which is to the vein of like you don't pick your own nicknames and uh, yes <laughs> yes that, that would have been I, the one they picked i'll i doubt that this person is listening uh to this podcast but i'll bleep out their name but was it <laughs> I do not remember uh, I, who I, they were. I feel like I remember him being butt cheese, and I remember because I can just hear I can just hear people <laughs> saying butt cheese. Uh, so yeah, I I remember that. Um, camp is also a time where rules are good, but more important than rules are finding ways to break them that won't get you sent home, um, and so. Uh, the next category we're going to look at is funny, harmless pranks. Uh, so like YouTube and Instagram, we won't be sharing uh, any any stories that involve uh, bodily harm or injury. Um, I'll, I'll get going here 
uh, with one from Tiffany, who said that they took the tires off of the truck of one of the leaders of the camp and put them out on the floating dock in the lake. He found his truck up on the blocks in the next morning, and then people for the rest of the week called him their tireless leader. Get That's like a, did there. a combo. That's a combo one. There. Combo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Should have used that one as the the segue, but yeah, no that 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 is a a good harmless prank that like is just frustrating enough, but like nobody's really harmed in that. Mm-hmm. I have one here from Kyle. He says I wasn't there for it, but my friends told me of a prank they played where they waited for one camper to enter the shower, then everyone placed the clothes they were wearing in piles on their beds around the cabin as if they'd just fallen. One kid remained who would cry, who could cry on command. When the shower camper came out, he convinced them that the rapture had happened. <laughs> uh, they needed a kid w- who like would wake people up with the trumpet in the morning, right? So like, do the trumpet blast, and then he comes running out of the shower, and there's just one kid crying, and all of these other raptured folks in there. Yeah, that's a very church uh, camp specific. Uh... <laughs> That, that doesn't. Yeah. That wouldn't work at like your local Y. I don't think. Right. Do you remember any uh, camp pranks that you pulled or or saw pulled? I I'll just lie to the people and say this happened at a camp, but it actually happened at a retreat. We I don't know who started why this idea came up, but um, I don't know. Do you remember Sheet Man? Sheet. Yeah, and then his <laughs> cousin Sheet Ombre. Yes, and Sheet Ombre. Um, and <laughs> me and I think it was Justin uh, would put, we just covered ourselves in a sheet and we would walk into, we'd either knock on the door or just like barge our way into like the boys' room door, just shouting, Sheet Man! And then like cause mayhem or whatever. Uh, but that <laughs> that ended when I we knocked on uh, one kid's door and uh, <laughs> he came and he answered the door and I yelled sheet man. And he immediately just said, what the, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know how, like, I can't be mad at this kid for cursing in front of me. Like one, he doesn't know I'm the youth pastor here. And two, the, the, a guy is in a sheet at his door. Like this is understandable. So I just turned around and walked away. He got, he got one free one on me that weekend. I have one here from McKenna. She says, my now fiance and his best friend moved the entire kitchen table set up atop our youth pastor's bed, fully set, food out, all the works. The best part was the youth pastor returned everything exactly where it belonged and played it off as it never happened. Never gave my fiance the satisfaction of it being <laughs> a prank. That's good. The, the, the double prank. Yeah. So the response of what are you talking about? No, there wasn't anything on my bed. Yeah, because like if you've ever done a prank, you know, like you're there for the payoff, like the reaction from the other person. So, yeah, that's good move. I say by the pastor, that's like next level to just what are you what are you talking about? Yeah, like no, there's I'm I'm not. Maybe that was somebody else. It wasn't me. And one last one from Amanda. Some guys at camp once put all of the counselor's things on the zip line over the lake. Still have no idea how they got his stuff down. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, that that's like next level of the classic, like just run it up the flagpole. Yeah. 
Let's take a line across level. the lake. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, there's one way to do it. You just got to get up there and you got to take the zip line and just grab it on your way down. And Dave, All isn't right. that how life is sometimes? <laughs> sometimes you just got to get out there and you just got to do it. You know what needs to be done. You just got to face well, up. Yeah, you might say that when you face those challenges, it's a life changing moment, which is the next category that we're going to look at. So a little bit of a mood shift here. So summer camp is tons of fun. Uh, I, we shared tons of stories. Dan and I have plenty of stories between the two of us. Uh, but I think Delanco camp where I've spent uh, most of my camp experiences has also been a life changing place for me that it is uh, one of the places where, especially early in my, uh, Christian life that I experienced God like most palpably. So, uh, we're excited to share some of your life-changing moments from summer camp. Here's one from Anna. She says, I was a camp leader last summer. One of my girls didn't seem like she wanted to be there. She seemed put off to the idea of God. And then we were in worship and I looked at my girls to make sure everyone was okay. And for the first time all week, she was praying. She was praying through the entire worship set. That moment was the reason I led. I went to summer camp the week before that, but leading that group was more life-changing than attending camp myself. That is always awesome to see those kind of the defenses of the kids break down <laughs> over a week at camp. Yeah, and that's why I love, and it's such a kind of ripe, fertile ground because uh, at normal youth group or even the beginning of the week of camp, everyone comes in and they're you know, they have their masks on, they have their guards up, they're trying to uh, look good, you know, sm smell good. And then like we said, with the whole shower thing, a couple uh, days into it, everybody's sandy, everybody's sweaty, everybody's tired. And some of those defenses that we put up that we keep from allowing people to see the real self or, or even for God to see, okay, that we realize we are broken and things like that can come down and we can actually um, be real or be open to experiencing God in that way. I have a short one here from Taylor. It says, um, being a camp counselor at a kid's camp uh, was one of her life-changing moments. Uh, listening to a room packed with kids, hands raised, at the top of their lungs, screaming, singing, Jesus is a way maker. That is what heaven sounds like. Mm. I I hope that I sound better in heaven when I'm singing because <laughs> I don't I don't sound that great here on earth. Um, but yeah, no, that is awesome. That the group communal uh, worship moments. Uh, one more from Micah. He says, so for most of my life, I was an unbeliever in a Christian household, but I hid it so I could be normal. This went on until last summer when I went to a camp at a local farm. I wasn't really expecting change, but it came anyway. While we were having worship time, a little voice inside me told me to close my eyes and truly listen to what I was singing. I did, and God opened my eyes to see his glory. I walked out of that camp, sure, for the first time in who I was and who I followed. I thank God every day for saving me from what I could have become. Good stuff. Thank you for sharing, Micah. And like I said, there's there's lots more. Um, we'll probably put some up on uh, TGAT podcast or on uh, youth group memes as well of, of all of these uh, categories of things that we weren't able to fit here. Yeah. Do, Dan, do you have like a maybe like a pivotal moment from your camp experience that 
uh, kind of stands out above the rest. Yeah, I think each each summer going to camp that God, when I was open to Him and allowing Him to to move and work, it's uh, was life changing. That I uh, f- heard my call to ministry there, uh, where it was like I feel like God wants to use me in this way as a youth pastor or or some other ways. And I think just that giving that week or however long it is to God. And, and I tell my students in, in church that it's not like, you know, some people say or about our, our camp or maybe about your camp, like, oh, this is hollow ground or this is such a special place. And it is because of the work that, you know, God has done or people have allowed and the memories that uh, we can share from it. But it, what makes it that is us focusing focusing on God for a week. Like, right. you wake up in the morning, at least at the Christian camps that we're involved in, you wake up in the morning, you're doing morning devotionals, you're surrounded by Christian uh, friends and, and counselors who are encouraging you. Uh, you go to chapel in the morning, you sing some songs, you go to Bible classes, uh, you play games that a lot of times there's a spiritual a focus on it. You have prayer groups, you have nighttime service where you're worshiping, you're hearing a, a message, you're going to the altar, you're praying, uh, you're having nighttime devotions. Like, And how different that looks from our normal day life. And if I was doing that, if any of us were doing that, you know, we're waking up and we're focusing on God, we're surrounding ourselves with other Christians, uh, we're, you know, worshiping two times a day, we're hearing sermons, we're praying, we're being intentional about these stuff, we're not on our phones for hours of the day, but we're just, you know, being out and around, like we'd have those camp experiences at home. Right. And, and as special as it is, like, uh, your relationship, if you're listening, it doesn't have to be confined to that one week in the summer. Like it can be at home. It can be today. Like yeah. you, once you're done listening to this podcast, obviously, uh, then obviously. you can, you know, <laughs> take that time, listen to some worship uh, music, spend some time in prayer, uh, turn your phone off again after you're done listening and giving us five stars. <laughs> I, I have said that many times. Uh, as a youth pastor, I've heard you say that many times as a youth pastor. And I think because I was a pastor, I definitely believed it. Uh, but it also was easier for me. Like my job, a lot of my job is uh, being close to God. <laughs> like uh, I don't get in trouble if I'm reading the Bible and praying while on the clock, you know, like th- that's how I can right. do my work. Um but lately I have just like thought about just being intentional with our time and how camp, it probably doesn't feel like you're being intentional because you're doing what you're told to do. Like it's devotion time, it's chapel time, it's lunchtime, it's game time, it's whatever. But like the there was intention in that schedule. And so you have to take on some of that ownership, whether you're in high school or you're an adult and you're working a nine to five job, like you have to be intentional about your time. And even just like right now being a father of three, like I can sleep until my daughters walk into my room and say, I'm hungry, or I can wake up an hour before that is likely to happen and spend some time with God and in the Bible. Um, And so when I'm able to do that and be intentional, yeah, I do kind of get that summer camp vibe, even though I'm, you know, 35 years old and in my living room and it's, may um so we can do that i know i also felt uh 
like my call to ministry while I was out at camp. And it was actually a week. I wasn't out there. I was out to visit. I don't even remember specifically the the message that was being preached, but I just, I was, it's actually the summer before I was set to go to college and I was enrolled at uh, Rowan University for radio broadcasting. And so uh, the Lord gave me a vision that podcasting was coming and I didn't have to go to school for it. I could just buy a microphone. So no, I felt God uh, calling me to ministry. And I had thought about it before, but at the time my brother was a youth pastor and I was like, I don't want to be like my brother. I want to do something else. Um, but I, I remember very clearly that night being like, no, this is something that like I'm really supposed to do. And so I went home and I was like, Hey mom, you know how I'm going to Rowan? What if I didn't do that? Um, (laughs) (laughs) so that was a, a life changing moment for me for sure. Well, as Dan said, thanks for sending in your stories. We will share more of those. Now it's everybody's favorite part of the show. You know what's coming. The Bible Breakdown. And here comes the breakdown. For the Bible Breakdown today, we are going to keep it camp-related. Um by talking about which Bible figures would make the best camp counselors. So Dan, you have mentioned already, we have experienced camp at multiple levels. We've been campers, uh, we've been counselors ourselves, and we have also uh, served as camp program directors. So I want to look at those three different categories and who would make the best counselors for each. So as a camper, who do you think would be your favorite counselor? So as a camper, what I'd be looking for is maybe someone that is uh, maybe a little lenient, uh, would be a fun hang, uh, would, uh, you know, let us do stuff that uh, we'd want, we'd want to do. So I was trying to, trying to think to some of the, the characters in the Bible that would be uh, fun to be around and came back and forth. And I think... Peter is where I, I landed uh, because he's kind of that wild card where mm. at some points, you know, you can have those serious talks with them. Uh, but other times he's just can kind of be off, off the rails. Doesn't really like submitting to authority uh, very much, which I think resonates with campers a lot mm. that he lets you kind of go out after uh, the program director said, you're supposed to be in, in bed, you know, sneak out for to raid the kitchen or you know, sneak out to play to play games uh, past curfew and things like that. Uh, but, you know, has the has the serious, you know, kind of side to him, too, but is also like might cut a guy's ear off like you don't know exactly what he's going to do. So I'll say as a camper, I'd want Peter as my counselor. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I, I went Similar, like I went similar, like thought process behind it. Uh, you, I think you want that wild card as a camper, and um, you want like you want some mystery behind your your counselor. And so I went with John the Baptist because uh, I think he's off the beaten path for sure. Uh, he's resourceful, you know. So like for those night games when you're out in the woods, like he's he's going to know his way around. He's going to know what needs to happen if you happen to lose like power or something uh, or 
whatever, like he's going to be able to work around the, the faults of a camp. If um, you need a snack in the woods, he's got some locusts. He'll right. Drum up. He, he knows what bugs are safe to eat, what berries are safe to eat. So he he's resourceful. Uh, but also he's got that like stick it to authority uh, vibe as well. And so he's going to be willing to push back against the man uh, in case we get in trouble for something. So uh, I went with Jay the B. Good. Uh, how about as um, as a counselor yourself, if you had to model your counseling, your camp counseling after someone in the Bible, is there someone, do you want to go with, do you want to be the counselor that kids love? So you're just going to go with Peter too, or uh, is there a, a different stride you're going to take? I, I'd want to be Barnabas probably. Mm, mm. Uh, so, so he's nicknamed the son of encouragement. He's bridging gaps between, you know, the Greek and the Jewish world. He's trying to be that person in between. And so if you've ever been at camp, you know, there's always disagreements going on in the, in the cabin, in the dorms where you need someone that's able to, um, you know, bring people together and, and fight through that. There's, there was times when he, um, you know, he stood by what John, uh, and, you know, bridging those gaps of selfish people, greedy people, you know, that he would be, I would want to be an encourager. And I, I see that in other people and I've, you know, camp counselors, camp leaders in my life encouraged me mm. to be where I am today. And I'd want to be that for other people. And that doesn't always come natural to me, that, that encouragement, uh, that, that love and grace uh, given. So I'd want to be Barnabas. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I thought of uh, Mary Magdalene um, because she's, we don't know much about her past, but she has a past that is known that depending on who hears it, it's not the most flattering, but apparently like it was known and it was out there and I'm sure that she like owned it. Uh, but she, you know, she was loyal, faithful to Jesus Um and was also like excited and ready to tell people about it. it, even the most unbelievable things. And I know that uh, even as a counselor, even though I'm the adult and I'm supposed to be like responsible there, that there can be like, I want to come off as cool. And I want to make sure like the kids think I have like some sort of credibility. But Mary kind of like threw that to the wind and like just was faithful to what God said and was like, had the most unbelievable story that Jesus, who everyone had seen die, was now alive. And she was like, I don't care what people say about me because of this, but I'm going to be faithful to who God is. So I think just that faithfulness and that loyalty element and that, that willingness to look a little crazy, uh, even, uh, or that look a little crazy for sake of the truth. Uh, something I would, I would want to hold on to as a camp counselor. So Dave, if you were the camp director, who is a Bible character that you would not want to have, uh, be a, counselor at your camp um elijah i was going with elijah (laughs) yeah yeah you have to feel too many phone calls uh uh what do you mean he made bears eat my kid look they called him bald i he told him to stop he warned him yeah so one of the things about being a counselor kind of working with youth and kids you have to be willing to uh, have the nickname made about you. You have to be willing to be the butt of the joke. Uh, and Elijah wasn't there for that. It's true. Yeah. You have to, you can't, you have to have thick skin, uh, even if it's on top of your bald head. 
you you have to have the thick skin. That's it for this podcast. Thank you for sharing your summer camp memories with us. Remember to follow us on all social media platforms that exist or have ever existed. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and the first ever social media platform, the Summer Camp Bulletin Board. Follow us at TGAT Podcast. Thank you for sharing the gospel according to with your family, friends, and the kid who thinks people want him to bring his guitar to the campfire. They don't want you. You want to bring it. We know who you are. Hey, anyway, here's Wonderwall, guys. (laughs) You can also send us a mailbag question on our socials or to tgatpod at gmail.com that we'll read here live on air or for our weekly IG Live 3 Question Thursday. And make sure you do your part in obeying the Great Commission by helping us spread the gospel according to podcast. One great way to do that is leaving a five-star rating and review. And the reviews are pouring in. Here's one that we recently received with the subject line of wonderful exclamation point. A great balance of lighthearted fun and meaningful cultural analysis. Well done, gents. Well done to you, reviewer of podcast. Be sure, <laughs> be sure to leave your own review and you can hear it here next week on your favorite Hump Day podcast. This was the Gospel According to Summer Summer Camp. Nailed it. Doesn't it feel good to pay less? Like, Something's happening in the hallway of my church. I don't know what it is, but it's loud. And remember to follow us on all social. I'm an idiot. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and the first ever social media platform. Doesn't it feel good to pay less? First ever. Thank you.